Hi, you're watching Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media on all of our platforms and even the ones I haven't invented yet. I'm <laughs> Mike Morales. Here's San Antonio and that gentleman over there is... Rick Levy in San Diego. And Rick, stand up and show the, show the crowd. Look at this merchandise. Isn't that cool? This he, could be yours too. This could be yours too. All of them, all of them could be yours too. <laughs> and Rick will come with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, low, low price of twenty dollars. Hey, it's uh, it's our new uh, tequila aficionado uh, teaspoon shop that is available everywhere now, including right on Facebook. Uh, hopefully, quickly right on Instagram, and you can go directly to there and get your own limited edition tequila aficionado merchandise. Limited um, edition, in that they only print out the ones that you buy. <laughs> that's it, exactly. <laughs> that's why it's so limited. But you know, speaking of limited editions and and exclusivity and stuff that has never ever ever been tasted except by a select few people in the last ten years. This evening, Rick, you and I have the extreme pleasure of tasting tequila david reyes now for those of you who have been following tequila aficionado for so long you know that alex and i did a, a tasting of david reyes years ago and and you can you can see that now and listen to it on on uh, itunes and on our website and youtube as well it is literally the the only um, original uh, tasting and review of this tequila. And there's a reason for that. The, the gentleman, David Reyes, is, is a master agave grower, and this is his private reserve that was never meant for public consumption. So basically, Rick, you and I are, have been anointed and chosen to, to retaste this tequila because it is now coming into the United States in, in a very, very limited, um, in a very limited way. Let's put it that way. So I couldn't think of anyone else that we wanted to share this with besides, besides you. So, so you have the distinction, literally the distinction of having one of the few bottles in existence of this tequila. I know, I know people who, who have, and friends of, of mine and people that I, I knew back in Albuquerque that are hoarding what's left of their bottle because they could never get it into the United States. They couldn't, wow. they couldn't, you can't even get it in Mexico. It's not like you go duty free and buy it. You have to know this gentleman. You have to know this agave grower, David Reyes, before, before you can even get a bottle from him. So, or, or China from my understanding, but. So how's it being how's it being brought in? What's the plan? There there is a new uh, David. Uh, if you I've known David for over ten years, and he's uh, he's very particular about not only how he grows his agave, but he's very particular about how he wanted this tequila to be um, to be brought into the United States. He didn't want to go commercial. He didn't want to do the flashy bottle. Everything that you want in a real tequila is inside the bottle. That's why it's, it's very, you know, 
What did Leonardo da Vinci say? That simplicity is 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 the, the what the elegance is simplicity, something like that. And and that's why the bottle is so clear because there's nothing. He's, he's not hiding anything. There's nothing. I, I, this bottle here was sent to me by um uh by another friend of David's, and uh, and I've had it for at least three years, maybe. And I hadn't prior to that, I hadn't had any since the first original bottles that um, that came that he brought with him into New Mexico. So anyway, um, the the plan is there's a new distributor, a new importer. I'm sorry. It's Wan Imports, as in Paul Wan is the owner. Um, he was selected by David, hand selected after 10 years or more um, to bring this tequila to market. And so has uh, he been has he been building up stock over the past 10 years or is this still is this 10 year old juice in the bottle or uh, this one? This one is is uh, well, he doesn't rest anything. So if it's been sitting anywhere, it's been sitting either in a silo or in a bottle. Um, he he refuses to use any additives. He doesn't even rest it in barrels right now. The only way the, the only thing the only style you can get it in is in Blanco. And, um, he, the, the, the quality of the juice is the same from the very first day that I remember having it. When we did that, that first original podcast until I had this bottle three years ago sent to me, it hasn't changed at all. So there's, there's nothing that he's doing. It's the same process. Um, he, he is a master agave grower, which means that he's very sought after. So he sells his agave, his mature agave. He sells them from five years old and up only. So he's not one of those guys that's selling the two and four year old agave. He's not selling it. He doesn't have to because he goes so much against, um, um, the, so much against the wisdom that in years of glut, he plants more. So that when, like it is now, when the time of crisis, he's sitting in the catbird seat and he sells to all the big names that you've heard of. You know, name a name a tequila you've heard of before. He has sold to them. Um, I, I don't want to divulge too much because he's got he, he's really a wonderful guy and he tells a lot of great stories. But there have there have been people who have romanced him and he has said no to because his God is not ready. And 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 he's he's just his his growing protocols. They're they're not certified organic, but they're about as organic as you can get. Okay. Plus, my understanding is now. Last time I spoke to last time I spoke to David, he um he actually has um uh he's had these these um I'm not sure if it's photography or what. But it's it's a way for satellites to picture where his where his fields are. So when it rains, he knows which fields need more water than others, and he can actually channel the water where it where it needs it most. And that's coming from space. Uh, and that's a fairly new technique because he uh, uh, he's he he calls it aggressive growing techniques, um, where you know. Maybe one day he'll be certified organic, but that's but that's neither here nor there. So this is 
This is as close to pure as it, as it possibly gets. No additives, nothing. So I, I don't know all the particulars. Like I'm not exactly sure where all of his all of his feels are. Oh, I'm a, I was just gonna say, donde está la huerta? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, there have been people that actually want to compare this. They want to do a side by side between this one and cosecha. Um, the, the trouble with cosecha is that uh, it's at a higher ABV. This is this is only 80 proof. Okay. Um, depending on whether there's any demand for the, the style of juice, he may one day do a higher ABV. He's not in any hurry. He is probably one of the most successful agave growers in the region with some high-level friends. Um, his his bricks of his agave typically come in at at, at thirty plus. And, and and in this day and age, that's unheard of. You know, yeah. that's that's almost like old style. You know, they're very, very few. I think you and I can count on, on our hands how many agave growers can actually say that they're getting anywhere, you know, from 30 bricks and above on a consistent basis. And yeah. that's why he's paid the big bucks. OK, so he's not hurting. It's not like, as I said before, this is a private reserve. This was something that he would. You know, if, if if you and I were to show up at his place and, you know, take a look at the distillery and all that, we'd be sharing three or four of these bottles. And I got to tell you, you gotta be real careful with this because I hit it for myself. All right. Because it's this easy to go through. You, between you and me, we could finish up a bottle without even blinking an eye. So uh, anyway, that's that's where that stands. I, I, I promise I'll get you. I know you're a nerd for information. I will I get. You. Um, if you were, if he was here, what would you ask him? Where the fields are, right? Where the fields are, yeah. Um, I and know. Then I'd ask him. I'd ask him what else is growing nearby. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, and then I'd ask him a lot about his uh, production process. Um, his his distillation and fermentation, correct? Yeah. Okay. And and water. I think water is important for you as well. I think it's one of the key questions to ask. So I will I will get in touch with him and and maybe later on you and I can discuss. I'll have that set of, of answers for you. Um, this was kind of a sudden thing. So um, as a matter of fact, this was my stash bottle. This is the way they sent me. <laughs> this is That's how they the sent me. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you can see, they really wrapped the hell out of it um, because they're there is really only one case right now in the state of Illinois. And so these came from that existing case, which explains the care and, and that, that it was taken to, to, you know, to wrap that up and, and send it to us. So, but I'm going to use this one. Yeah, you know, we've in, in the size box that it came in, um, we've gotten, you know, like six, seven bottles in that same size box before. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a lot of overkill, but that's because these bottles are right now they're so limited, uh, it, you know, uh, limited availability that that we wanted to make sure that there wasn't any breakage. So, uh, which is another one of the reasons why I enjoy this bottle. This reminds me of the old Espolón bottles. Remember the old Espolón bottles with the foil with the with the, the foil label before Campari bought it. That was very similar. It's a very similar bottle. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Let's taste it. 
because because you know I don't know if you've had any of it uh, if you if you had a chance to sneak a peek at it but I did sneak a sip that's kind of what I thought uh, I'm using the Harito with the the long nose and so are you the the long nose as well the Stossel Harito ah lingering bubbles. God, I love bubbles. <laughs> the the bubbles, uh, when we do shake the bottle, it does look like shampoo shampoo bubbles. And uh, even though my lighting here is not the greatest, it is really pristine. There's there's nothing nothing in it, and the legs and tears are are normal. They're beautiful. They're consistent. They're not runny or droopy or sticky. It is. It is bright and beautiful. Yes. It's not. It's not so shiny that it looks like mercury. No, no, not like with the other ones that we had before. Yeah, and and again, that's probably a good telltale sign for us because, um, you know, we we had a, a few tequilas that were bright and shiny and almost like you said like mercury and i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but you know um what i i know him personally and i know that he refuses to use anything it's just water and and uh and just juice wow that is really beautiful especially in the harito it's really yeah yeah it really is doing it justice isn't it yeah Wow, right in the center there's like this 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 hint of like an anise or something. Is that am I am I right? Like right in the center. Yes, yes. I'm I'm enjoying the uh the outer edges of the bloom here. Yeah. These jarritos are amazing. They really you know, you don't need a whole lot and it's giving you it really presents all the even more facets to the aromas. Than, than we thought. It's like every time we use them, we, you and I pick something else out that, that we haven't had in any other tequilas or, or flaws for that matter. So, yeah. So how else would you describe this? You know, we're getting a great agave presence. It's yes. not, it's not a, uh, like a sharp agave aroma. So, you know, I wouldn't characterize it as green or, or, no. you know, it, it's it's herbaceous. There's there's herbs there. Obviously, if I'm getting a little bit of anise, but you're right. I have to ask what else is growing in the in, in the region where he's at. I, you know, I'm not sure if it, if there's any citrus trees that, that bloom there. Um, there I have a picture of of him and his one of his fields. And it's about it's about eight years old. This picture. Um, I've been told by the importer that they refuse to use it, that they want more current pictures, but you should see the, uh, this, this guy's a tall guy. He's, he's about, he's a good six, he's about your, your height. Okay. And, um, and those agave come up to his shoulders in, in the pictures that I see. And, and if, as I recall correctly, that's maybe a six or seven year old field. Um, this guy knows everything about everything about his plants. It really is a beautiful nose. I would kind of compare. I, you know, I probably would go to the Concecha to uh, Concecha, uh, yeah, for comparison. 
Yes. You just have to, if you're going to do that, it, uh, it, you know, uh, just be aware that cosecha is at a higher ABV. Yeah. So if you're getting this kind of a nose, you know, already, and and it it's so funny, Rick, the first time I had it, and then after so many years of not tasting it, and then when they sent me this bottle three years ago, it just brought back this flood of memories from the first time Alex and I had it, and we just went, we were floored. It just, yeah. we just went, wow. There were, we had no descriptors, but wow. Yeah, it's really quite lovely. It's not aggressive in any way. It's, uh, it's balanced, quite beautiful. There may be some minerals, but, but nothing, you know, it's not an Amatitan tequila, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah. Well, the distillery is 1547 Integradora San Agustin. And that is um, outside, it's on the outer edge of Tototuan on the way to, um, uh, it's on the, on the road north. Uh, the distillery is right before you get to San Agustin on the way to um, Tapatitlan de Morelos. Well, now again, Tepatitlan, uh, that's just where the distillery is located. His fields are off-site. I'm, chances are it's probably within the vicinity, but I, I'll make sure I find that. The, if you look at the topography of the area, there is, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of differences in altitude. So there's a lot of different altitudes this could be grown at because it's on, you know, the edge of some, uh, some steep topography. And, uh, it's the same kind of situation over where Enrique Fonseca is growing his agaves for okay. the cosecha in Teltanuco. So it's, it's within striking distance. It's in the neighborhood, probably. Yeah. So, but, like know, I say, I'll find out for sure, but it's just a possibility that the microclimate could be similar, that, you know, maybe altitude. Um, you know, I, I do wonder, you know, if there are fruit trees growing nearby or something like that. Maybe, maybe. I almost want to say it's slightly floral. But, but not overly floral because you and I have had tequilas from a Totonico, for instance, that were much more yeah. floral. Yeah. Even if you wanted to throw it on us, that might be considered floral too, you know. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, that's probably not the right word, you know. I, it's not flowery in any way. It's definitely, it's, it's, I'm it wondering, is, I'm wondering if maybe there's like some fruit blossom going on nearby or something. Could be, could be. All right. I, I really want to see your reaction when you taste it. Oh, that, that really is lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful on the palate going in. You can experience a lot of different things. And then as you're about ready to let it slide down, you get the, a pepper bloom on the back end. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a gradual explosion of pepper instead of that instant in, in your middle of your palate. It, it grows on you. It really is a progressive, a progressive peppering. It's really beautiful. There's nothing aggressive about it, but, um, you know, there's a fair amount going on. 
Um, yeah, I wonder if you brought this up to the same ABV as the cosecha, if, uh, if it would behave similarly. Because this seems like it might be a little bit softer than the cosecha. And, yeah. you know, that would be reasonable if, uh, you know, with the cosecha being at a higher ABV. Yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's dangerously soft. Um, you know, I, yeah, I can tell you, yeah, I, I can tell you for sure that, that it doesn't take, uh, it takes more restraint not to keep filling your glass and filling your glass. But I will tell you from experience that you can, between the two of us, we drain that bottle and it wouldn't take well, us very long. We, you know? we drained a bottle of the Cosecha in Palm Springs last year. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. And see, and you know, uh, but that's, Again, that's the mark of a really the mark of the uh, of the hand of the maker, which in this case, uh, you're right, uh, uh, Enrique Fonseca and and De and David Reyes really share that in common is that they're agave growers first, and and they're what they want to do is showcase the agave uh, again and, and to just to lump another another name Felipe Camarena same way. You know, same way. I I don't know if David will ever age something like this. I um, if he does, it'd be I'd be really interested to find out what his how he would do his barrel management. Um, but that's not that's not in the picture right now. I think that would all totally de uh, that would all depend on on demand, really. Um, uh, you know, for the aficionados out there, I would I would certainly put this in the same category as the cosecha, the same class. Yeah. Um, it's just a real aficionados tequila. But, uh, you know, do we have any pricing on it? Because that's always a big part of my recommendation. Um, because of ex exclusivity. The pricing may be more than than uh, most people would be willing to pay, um, and and this has been you know just just for transparency and to, to be truthful, David and I have spoken off and on for ten years, and and he's always had a vision of how he wants this tequila to be priced, even when the luxury market didn't exist. Because, you know, the, the premium and super premium and, and what they call ultra premium markets now, which are all pricing terms, you know, they're not they're not marketing terms as some people think they are. They're pricing terms. And those the high end of the market has grown by leaps and bounds. You know that. I know that, you know, the extra añejos. Now they have extra añejo claro, clarified. You know, they're they're aging and then stripping the color. I don't get it. I don't know. But all that, that whole segment of the market is increasing. When David wanted to see this priced at a, at a certain price point, everybody, including me, including, including myself, we said, nobody's going to want to pay that price. So he didn't, you know, it wasn't something, getting this tequila to market was not something he aggressively pursued. He just waited and waited and waited. Until the moment was right, and obviously he's to the point now where he feels the moment is right. That and he thinks that he can, he feels he can command the pricing that he wants. I don't even want to repeat what the pricing is until <laughs> you know. I I know I 
I know um, unofficially what we want to price it at. But and but that's not counting everybody else's, um, you know, everybody else's uh, uh, margins. I'm just talking about his pricing. I'm not even talking about bottle service in, in Illinois and casinos, bottle service in Las Vegas. They're going to charge. They're going to charge champagne prices for 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 this bottle, and and it'll be all about the juice. It, it's not going to be the fancy bottle that Delion is. It's not going to be, you know, I can I can tell you that right away. You're not going to see a fancy bottle. You're just not. So does that make sense now? You know, because if you're going, if you're going for the aficionados, then you do like Enrique did with a cosecha. You price it eighty to a hundred dollars. You say yeah, this is, you know, this is the hand of the maker. It's the it's the uh, the terroir of the agave. It's all about process. Um, and then, you know, of course, and Enrique did a beautiful packaging too for the cosecha. But you know, I could I could recommend this in that in that price range. Well, let me tell you right now, this is not this tequila. I think you would agree with me that this tequila is not for everybody. You have to really, you have to graduate to to this style of tequila, just like you graduate to a to a cosecha. It's not for everybody. Yeah. This, this, you know, and I'm not even talking about aficionados. I'm not talking about collectors. I'm talking about I'm talking about people that that uh, are into fine living, um, and and I know the, the term luxury and lifestyle have been thrown around a lot. All right, so it's sounding like it's sounding like the pricing on this is going to be significantly higher than yes. what I'm you're, talking about. So if it, you're talking about uh, you're talking about very exclusive, you're talking about only being able to get this as bottle service in a high end club in Vegas. Right. And if you're doing that, it doesn't really, you know, if if those people are going to spend that that kind of price, you know, they obviously have money to burn, um, but they may or may not be the aficionados. And so I would think that for those people at that price, you would want to go with a higher end packaging rather than a plastic sticker. Hey, you know what? We we've gone round and round and round with with him about this, and and all I can say is that you know, having spoken to him, and every time I speak to him, I just take notes. All right, so I have like ten years worth of notes. Some are with me, and some are in storage. Um, but what I can tell you is that his vision hasn't changed a bit, and and he has been. He's always gone against conventional wisdom, okay, and he's been successful at doing so. He just has to be more patient than you know than the average than the average guy who comes into the market and says, "I want to slap my my private label, you know, on a bottle and bring it to the market because I have the best, the one most wonderful tequila in the world." Because you and I hear that all the time. It's the best tequila y'all have ever tasted. And, and everyone is, everybody, everybody does. Um, 
you're going to have to earn this tequila. Not everybody, he understands it's not for everybody. The importers understand that as well. So it really is just a matter of how bad do you want to taste it? We can make comparisons. I like the comparison with Cosecha. I didn't think of that uh, immediately because, you know, David is such a, a, a such a big personality that, um, you know, you, you don't think of him uh, com comparatively speaking with other big personalities that we know, you know, Guillermo Sauza and, and, uh, and, and Germán González, you know, all these guys, Felipe, Camarena, Carlos, all these guys have, they're all cut from the same cloth, but they're all really true old tequileros. And, and, you know, this guy's still alive, just like the other guys are. So, um, it's, it's not for the Sauza drinker. It's, it's not for the, Patron drinker. It's not for any of that. This is really, truly something you're going to have to experience. And and it and ultimately, the bottom line is, how bad do you want to experience this tequila? Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what. After your comparison with Cosecha, and and knowing what I know about his personality and and who he is, he really is an old. He's an old school guy using high tech um, methods and and tried and true methods to make. The, probably the purest tequila that, you know, I'll still stand by what I said originally back when we did the first podcast, probably the finest Blanco I've ever had. Yeah. And there's yeah. a few people who have bottles of these left that will agree with me. And but but it, sounds like, it sounds like his passion is really the agave. It's being, yes. being the, aga the agavero growing it. Yeah. And uh, that well, seems well, to be... You know, we were never meant to have this bottle, Okay. The reason that we have this bottle is because he hand-selected us to have it. You know, and, and even Don Julio. Don Julio, first of all, didn't drink. Number two, the tequila he was keeping for himself was just for family. It was never meant to be in public. It wasn't until somebody begged him and begged him and begged him and said, let's let me bring it to the, to the, to the market, that he allowed that to happen. Because Don Julio was an agadero. That's it. So, you know, it, it's, it's almost like the Don Julio story. He's really a throwback tequila maker in a modern age. You know, he's, he's kind of living in two worlds and, and it's difficult. Um, but all I can say is I admire his stick to it of this, his stubbornness for, because it brought us this. You know, I mean, you got to admit, this is really singing to I can't, you. I can't keep my nose out of it. There you go. See? You know, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm way over here. I'm way over here, and I can and I can get it. You know, now it's blooming a little bit more in the in the glass. And again, Stossel, the Harito. The, this is this is to me. This is the finest vessel for agave spirits manufactured today. So wait till you get your hands on this, because it really allows us to fully enjoy the nose with, without. I mean, we have very little of a sample in there. You know. Yeah. Well, I have I have very little of a sample left. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But, okay, so you're gonna have to find the fanciest club in Vegas to go and find this thing. Believe it or not, believe you're it or not, you're probably only gonna buy a single pour. <laughs> Don't let them serve it to you in a shot glass. Right. <laughs> make sure it's in a serious. Yeah, make sure it's something that's serious. Like message. this. Right. Um, I I would I would say that. Um, 
first of all, I, I have been told from the importer that they already have a waiting list of people that are willing partners to have to to have this on offer for their clientele. So again, it's a waiting list. Yeah, you're gonna have to find your find your way into the fancy VIP room. That's you'll it. Probably, you'll probably have to shell out a hundred dollars for a pour. Well, you know, but here it is. You know, even if you never never get a chance to try this tequila, we have just brought you behind the velvet rope into the VIP room and and try to describe what this is. And the closest we can get is a high ABV tequila. I mean, that says a lot. I, I gotta say, you know, the 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 juice inside this this glass or inside this bottle to me is worth every penny. And if I had that kind of money, I I would gladly buy me a bottle and you one. You know, and so you know, like I said, it's not it isn't for everybody. Yeah. But you know the I'm great ones. I I have yet to uh, to taste baked agave, like actual an actual slice of baked right. agave in your hand that you eat. But I'm wondering if this comes close. Well, um, to my understanding, and I'll and I'll be sure to ask, but I'm pretty sure that they're using autoclaves. Uh, either way, autoclave or or oven baked. Well, you this can, distillery, it seems like a lot of the things that are made at this distillery are in masonry ovens. Not sure, not sure what his process is. I, again, I'm, I'm so ignorant and it, this is so new that these are things I have to get back to him because we've never discussed that. Because the funny thing is when we talk, it's always about current affairs, what's going on in the industry, how well his agave is growing and, 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 you know, it's never really about the process because to me, there was never a, a question, you know, but then I, you know, then I got to know you. Yeah. And, and there are certain questions that, that need to be asked. So well, I that's agree. sort of like, that's sort of like the Cisco and Ebert between the two of us. You're really right. into the personalities and, uh, yeah, he has, some, he has his stories. stories. And you know, I'm, yeah. I'm the nerd about what's the production process. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I and and you know and that those are valid points. And I knew you'd have some more questions for me to ask. I have a list of questions to ask him. I'm hoping to get him maybe on an open bar uh, before the end of the year, so he can discuss a little bit more about um, you know about the tequila. I know that they're going to roll out officially uh, somewhere, maybe I want to say end end of this month, beginning of June. I'm not sure what the the timetable is, but um, somewhere along that line, after they roll out officially in the state of Illinois, I would like to, uh, I think he would, he would um, be, he'd be happy to go on an open bar with you and me. I think it'd be cool to have the three of us and, and have you, you know, have him walk you through his process. I think you get a kick out of that. And, he, and he is such a, he's a cool guy. He really is a, you know, he, he's, um, uh, of course he's, he's got Mexican heritage, but he, he has, he has family in the United States. He grew up here. He, he's educated here, um, and and there's a lot more that I know about his background. But you know, we'll share that some somewhere down the line. I just wanted to get your opinion on on this, so that the three main the three anchors uh, of Tequila Aficionado mm-hmm. now had this juice, and I can tell you from the first time Alex and I tasted it to right now where you tasted it, 
there has been no change. This is this is it's, the same. It's, it's the same exact juice. So there you have it, folks. Not a whole lot of information on the background, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of goodness and a lot of comparisons being made right now. A lot of things being you know bandied about. That and this guy's not just a flash in the pan. It wasn't like he just started and got into business. This guy's been a, a master agave grower for almost thirty years. Yeah, uh, twenty-seven years. You know, and, and when you say when you talk about this tequila being ten years old, it has. You know, it, I looked on the CRT lists. This has been on the CRT list for a good ten years. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so it's not a Johnny come lately. It's just, yeah. it's, and just, it's been the same, it's been the same distillery the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, the, the, he doesn't, like I said, he's not, he's not in any hurry to bring this to market, you know, and, and, and find a, uh, um, you know, find somebody to be the, the brand ambassador. And, you know, when, when people are tasting this juice, they're going to come after him. Just like, just like the major, just like the major brands come to him for his agave. He's just, he's a catbird season guy. If you're lucky enough to get a pour of this somewhere, make sure you get it in a Stossel Jarrito. Or if that's not available, get it, ask for it in a Glencairn whiskey glass. Yes. Don't let him bring it to you. Don't let him bring it to you in a flute. You want to have something that has, you know, a, a bowl to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's only, I think they're, 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 you have to have the right glassware for this tequila. Although he'll tell you that's not even necessary because I know the first time we had it, it was in real. That's all we had. Well, and yeah. Even real, you know, even in the real, it was, it was a, a shining example of what was possible for Agave at that point. Um, but hey, congratulations to David Reyes. What do you think? Do you think this is old enough for a legacy brand? I don't even know what the, I don't even know what category to put it in. It's it's a brand of promise for sure, but you know, we'll figure out a category. You yeah, know? it it certainly deserves to be an award winner. Well, I I you know depending on how the rollout goes mid year, I'm I'm hoping that maybe we can talk him into um, uh, being at El Cholo, and maybe pouring some for for the for the VIPs there. We'll find out. We'll see, you know, I'm, I'm going to beg, uh, I'm going to crawl on hands and knees and ask him if he, if he would be so kind, you know, cause he really is great with people too. I mean, he, he was nice enough to do my, my very last show in New Mexico, which was a complete disaster and he was still there, you know? So he's, he's a great guy. And, and, um, who knows, man, you can pick his brain personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. That's our take on tequila. David Reyes, so exclusive. You can only get it in Illinois and not yet. Probably by the time you see this, you, you will be able to go taste it somewhere. Um, they'll have an official website. They will have Instagram. They will have Facebook. They will have some sort of social media. But keep an eye out. This tequila is finally, for those of you who have a bottle and you know who you are, um, it's finally coming back. So... Congratulations to David Reyes. Rick, thank you for sharing this with us. Thank, thank you, and thank you to David for sharing it with me. <laughs> I will get you your answers, I promise. And and we'll have, you know, some somewhere we'll have that additional information so that we can we can put that out there for the guys like you that really need to know just all the nuts and bolts. Uh, but wait till you wait till you meet the guy, wait till you talk to him. He's he's he really is full of great stories. 
So that's our take on Tequila Aficionado Media. I'm Mike Morales here in San Antonio. That young man is Rick Levy in San Diego. You've been watching Sipping Off the Cup on all of our platforms. Don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, press that red button and you'll make you'll make Rick a happy person. <laughs> uh, and buy a t-shirt and make buy Mike a, t-shirt. a happy person. Buy some pants. We have yoga pants. You look great in those yoga pants. Did you know that? Anyway. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you would. <laughs> It'd make for a really comfortable night of tequila drinking, though. <laughs> yeah, for some David Reyes, man. Woo. Uh, whatever you do, tomar sabiamente. Sip wisely. I'm Mike Morales. I'm CEO of Tequila Aficionado Media. And I just wanted to thank you for watching Sipping Off the Cuff. We love doing these reviews for you. Now, if you're an Agave Spirits brand owner and you're watching this, there are three things that I'd like to talk to you about. Number one, if you'd like us to review your Agave Spirit on Sipping Off the Cuff, just send me an email, mike at tequilaaficionado.com. It won't cost you a dime, and I promise you'll get an honest review. Number two, if your brand has been nominated, past or present, as a brand of promise, We can help you promote your brand effectively and affordably over on the tequila PR side of things. Just email me, mike at tequilapr.com. And number three, if your brand has ever been a Brand of Promise nominee or a winner, you automatically qualify with us or to go with us on our next promotional tequila tour. So shoot me an email tours at tequilaaficionado.com and I'll send you all the details on our upcoming tequila tour. That's it. Thanks again for watching. Sip wisely.